Hello, I'm Steve, the retired criminal investigator with the Air Force Office of Special Investigations, the Federal Law Enforcement Agency of the United States Air Force. I'm Hannah, the amateur true crime enthusiast. I've been fascinated with my dad's job, and I love starting conversations with him to learn more. Join us each week as we share these conversations with you and discuss a real criminal case that piques our interest. Hello. Welcome back, archivists. Hello. Welcome back. How are you? I'm well. My feet are cold and they hurt. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's cold in here. Oh, oh, you're not hurting from that long walk we did? Uh, yeah, my feet hurt from that walk. Oh, we need wear different shoes next time. I was going to say, sneakers my sneakers next are time. crap now. Yeah. We went for a long walk. Oh, isn't that nice? Father, daughter. <laughs> okay. It's also who, cold in here. Who complained the whole time of that walk? I did not complain. Who, I completely forgot. Most of the time? We forgot water. I did not complain. That was oh, complaining. Uh, in fairness, you were talking a lot and you were pushing the carriage. Yeah. Who didn't offer to help me push the carriage? Okay. Rude. What are we talking about today? Okay. So today we are talking about the murders of Richard Ladon and Clayton Krause. All right. Richard, uh, in... 1993 is 25 years old. Now, I will say his... I'm going to call him Richard through all of this. In the show that I watched, his family and everyone else calls him Ricky. Uh So I do believe he went by Ricky. But everything else, like when I was doing side research, it said Richard. So I'm just going to say Richard. Okay. Was 25 in 1993. And Clayton was his friend, but also his coworker. Seemed to be his boss. Mm -hmm. Was 32 Uh, at the time they both worked for graciano construction company out of pittsburgh clayton had been married for 10 years and had two small children and richard had just gotten married and his wife was eight months pregnant his mom describes him as being full of life he was really excited to be a dad and they were going to have a boy so he was especially excited to be a boy dad to have a son In 1993, they got a job working in New York City, like a long-term job. So they, the two of them were staying at Howard Johnson Motel in Parsippany, New Jersey. So in March of 1993, we're in New Jersey. That's where our story is taking place. Yeah, you said that right too, Parsippany. Thank you. I'm familiar with it. I was not um, concerned that I said it incorrectly. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I felt, I sensed a little hesitation. Go ahead. Sorry. I was trying to make sure I'm not talking so fast. Ah, okay. Did you get feedback or something? I mean, a while ago. (laughs) Oh, okay. And I know that I talk fast. I wonder where you get that from. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, good. So March 3rd, 1993, around noon, the maid service for this hotel goes into room 310, which is where these two had been staying. This is their room. She finds both men dead in the room. So she obviously, you know, freaked out, calls 911. Detective Gary Deniman is the main detective on this case. This as ongoing. So he's going to be the, the detective. He's on the scene within 30 minutes, which I feel like is that. So like obviously police come first, right? And then first respond is right. right. So so there was a patrol you know, a, a patrol officer that showed up probably mm-hmm. and checked it out, secured the scene, probably the ambulance, medical people, and that, and, and pro- maybe even the coroner, ME. And then they're probably calling the detective at the same time, but the detective's probably at home 
you know, or something right. gets the call, who's ever on call, and they then they get there. So yeah, oh, okay, that makes sense. So they then they have to be the ones, I guess, the first responders to even determine if it's a homicide or not to call a detective, or do they just call detectives no, regardless? Yeah, but they probably had a sense that it that it was mm-hmm. well, yeah. Uh, you know, like because paramedics probably show up and go, yeah, we'll, we'll call. Oh, and, I mean, and, I'll tell you about the crime the scene. Med- it's clearly the medical, murder, but I mean, because yeah, medical examiner is the one that officially rules it. But that person, that'll take a long time for that person to get there, probably. Oh, okay. Yeah. So obviously, before they identify who the men are, they notice that there is one man face down fully clothed on the bed this turns out to be richard mm-hmm. now in the show that the episode i watched it said that he was shot seven times but an actual like i found the appeal for his uh son's the life insurance policy mm-hmm. his mom is appealing for his son's not life insurance i'm sorry work though maybe it was it was it was workman's comp but it was like under life insurance i found regardless i found the legal paperwork i've like mm-hmm. the the actual appeal and that said that he was shot four to five times okay. i'm more likely to believe that either way it's okay a lot. so they so they find him face down fully clothed, fully clothed was the bed made yes okay pull of blood around his head and around the bed where was he shot everywhere the back is he obviously yes. right? yeah yeah okay so four to five shot four to five i mean it's obvious bullet wounds mm-hmm. okay uh blood all around his head and the bed and then as they're searching the room they find another male lying on the bathroom floor large pool of blood also apparent gunshot he was only shot once this is this turns out to be clayton he was only shot one time where was he shot in the bathroom where was he shot where was the gunshot Where's the wound? In the like the chest area. The also. chest area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was fully clothed in the too. Back. Yeah. And, and the shirt was your shirt was from the back. Yeah, they said okay. execution style, like they were executed. Oh, okay. To them, it was like a mob hit, like a professional. Okay. Any forced entry? No. Okay, go ahead. I'm. I'm, I'm oh, to. all right. I'm. You know me. I'm, I know what you're gonna ask. Yeah. I'm, I have it all listed oh, okay, here. Okay, go ahead. All right, go ahead. Let's see how you do. <laughs> This is episode, uh, I think, 81. 81, so, thank you. Yeah, so let's see how you do. Briefcase is left out on the bed, but not unopened. No intent of robbery. No sign of a struggle. No forced entry. Detective Eddie Williams is the detective in charge of processing the crime scene. They vacuum to get trace evidence, which mm-hmm. I thought was pretty cool. I've not, we've not talked about that. They have a whole like special vacuum. Yeah, it's it's like a shop vac, but it's like clean and... and you know, there's a process you have to clean it yeah. after, you know, so they're vacuuming to suck everything out. Maybe there's like a, a bag inside insert. Yeah, I can't it, remember, to be honest with you, like a little. They showed him it. like yeah. taking it apart and it had like a, like a like filter a fil- thing. Yeah. yeah. Or like a, it, there's probably a fresh one of those or something and that's what they, yeah. Okay. That's pretty cool. They collected literally everything. I mean, this is nineties. So this is, they're more advanced in this area now. Right. Know? So they did that, collecting trace evidence. Uh, there were nine millimeter shell casings all around the floor of the bed. So where Richard had been shot. Okay. Uh, and a single casing in the bathroom, which is, again, how they figured yeah, okay. he was shot one time. Their wallets are found. Nothing is, that's how they identified them. Nothing is taken out of their wallets. Their vehicles are found outside. Again, no forced entry into the vehicles. No apparent theft from the vehicles. They've processed the vehicles. 
When Richard is moved, they found what they called a pristine round that went straight through him. So from his back. Mm-hmm. That he had been laying on, so they take that. They're excited about that. That's a yeah. That's, they said it's a pristine round. Yeah, so so you can match that to mm-hmm. um, ballistics. Can you can match yep. that to a gun? Yeah, that's so they're a hundred percent. Yeah, no other injuries to uh, their bodies, just gunshot wounds. All right, and no apparent struggle for sentry. No th- apparent theft. So they answered the the door, and the first guy got. Maybe push Rick got pushed to the bed and got gunned down. Meanwhile, the other guys run into the bathroom to hide, and they track him down, give him one shot, and then and then leave. Something like that. What do you think about him being shot once and then Richard being shot multiple times? Um, they were after someone was after Richard mm-hmm. for sure. It was a little bit more personal. And by the way, if they had the shell casings, they probably know the exact number of um of times you shot yeah so again yeah. the like legal actual yeah. like appeal yeah. said four yeah. to five okay. and then the show said seven that's a okay. pretty jump big jump from like four to seven yeah, so five, either yeah, way yeah. it's a lot more than one and to me kind of overkill yeah i think so that's, that's, what that's so they would you know targeting him potentially but no robbery and there's a briefcase remind me again what they're at this hotel for they're construction workers so they're on a job somewhere else. It seems like, cl- like yeah, they like traveling construction guys. Yeah, they have a job in New York, like a contract in yeah. New York. Okay, yeah, yeah. but it, a briefcase. What it's, it? So it seemed like Clayton was like the boss. Okay, so he was like so probably the um he was the general Richard's contractor boss. or something. Yeah. So I, so they I might have a job. Okay, all right, that makes sense. Well, they were yeah. there on on, yeah. on a job working. So yeah. they okay maybe light construction or something contracting. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. I mean, the pictures that I saw of Richard, he's pretty buff. Like mm-hmm. he looked, I, I imagine he was doing like this is in New York construction. I wonder. So you know, in the nineties, I don't know when this ended, but it's possible in the nineties that the construction business was still controlled by the mob, right? Mm. So, um, and they might have been, they might not have liked these guys coming in from Persephone to 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 come because you know. Because um, they're staying, so the hotel right. is in person in yeah. New Jersey, but their oh. job is in. Oh, New York. they drive across the yeah. yeah. So, where are they from again? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, right? So here's the thing, right? Those type of jobs that they're doing are probably reserved for locals, and these are mm. non-local guys. So the mob found out about it, and they're they might even tried to warn them at once, mm-hmm. and they said pound sand, and they took care of it. Something along that lines, I bet. It's funny when you you start talking before I get there because you get to the same place that the the police. Well, that makes get sense, to. right? Yeah it's, yeah, it's just it's funny because it's just yeah. like I know that this has been your job, but yeah. this just like reaffirms it. Yeah, that okay. I guess you're pretty good at your job. <laughs> well, you know. Um, yeah. So that's the police are gonna. We're gonna. I'll get how we get okay. there, but All yeah, right. that is essentially what's gonna come up, and then they. And by the way. You start formulating this. You get experience over time, mm-hmm. but you start formulating these theories based on the crime scene, right? right? No, no force entry. They mm-hmm. answered the door, right? That's or the door was left. Un- they were unloading from yeah. the car, and they didn't. You know what I mean? It got bum rushed or whatever, as they say. Mm-hmm. You know. So that's you. You start assessing based on the crime scene. That's why you know, crime scene tells you a lot. Yeah. So. That is, I mean, they essentially are thinking right now that Richard was the target. Yeah. And he was. And he's the boss, right? That makes no, sense. No, Clayton oh, is Clayton the boss. Oh, Clayton the boss. Yeah, Clayton is, from what I can tell. Oh, that's, 
they're telling sending the boss a message. But it also seems like they were still equals, partner, like yeah, co-workers, well, friends. They, they were sending a message, mm-hmm. but maybe they didn't intend to kill the boss, you know. Okay. Interesting. So police obviously start their investigation with canvassing the area. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of people to interview. The person in the room right next door to them, because again, they're in a hotel, he said that he heard some loud noises coming from the room, but he had his TV up really loud. So he's not really, 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 he's not really sure what he heard, mm-hmm. but he for sure did not hear a gunshot. Oh. Well, so we know there were gunshots. So what? now police are thinking maybe a silencer had been used. Yeah, what's... Which, um, doesn't that kind of go hand in hand with the mob? Yeah, maybe, potentially, yeah. This is mob oh, um, TV shows or movies. But they're like in and out, too, you know. Uh, so... Yeah, like four to five quick gunshots, one quick yeah, gunshot. Yeah, so... Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, boom. Um, the thing is, what's the time of death? Did the Did, did you get that by chance? It was the previous night. No, they didn't give me an exact time of death. So the, oh, this but is the, the, morning, some, the report. It did say like within minutes. So the that they died. the people next right. So that's the time that the gunshot the gun yeah. the the gunshots would have been heard. Mm-hmm. So, but this person next door, they was they was sleeping there the night before. They had their TV up really loud. They said the night it was the wow, night before. That's amazing. The huh? night, yeah. They haven't heard anything. But that they said they didn't hear any gunshots mm. at least. But they heard loud noises. All right, maybe silences so, would mm-hmm. yeah. Well, you're right. It would be con- a little bit more consistent with the mob, maybe. Yeah. So the casing that they had that they said was in pristine condition, it had very little damage. Mm-hmm. So if they can find the gun, they can obviously right. like fire the gun and match it. But they yep. right now currently have no murder weapon, no gun. So the next, after speaking to all of the surrounding people interviewing mm-hmm. everyone the next place they go to is obviously the men's families right so now you gotta you gotta start background mm-hmm. you know who are these deceased who, what are their lives what are they doing in Persephone mm-hmm. you know and obviously they figure out they're working in the contract you know what wh- who are their friends have they been in trouble before you go through their life pretty good too you know yes. so after speaking are they with gamblers they know anybody money did they cross mm-hmm. anybody that kind of thing yeah after speaking with Clayton's wife, they found out that Clayton might not have had like the best working relationship with who they were contracted to, like who they were working for in New York, like whoever they were doing construction for in New York. Okay. He might not have had the best, like he might not have gotten along with them really well. So that's what his wife says. Uh, she tells him that he's a family guy. They went to church. They spent a lot of time with their family. Mm-hmm. He was really like work and then family and... I mean, that was really it aside from him maybe not getting along with the people they were working for. Okay. That's what they get from Clayton's wife. Now, Richard's Richard's wife, Michelle, she says that she thinks that his family is connected to the mob. She thinks her husband's family? Mm-hmm, her in-laws. She thinks that they are all connected yeah, that, to the mob. Um, I mean, they gunned him down. That, mm-hmm. that Okay, ding. Yeah, so she <laughs> you know, thinks that is what got makes sense, yeah. her husband and Clayton killed. Now, this is also a year after John Gotti had been sentenced to prison. And apparently, Richard knew his son. Apparently, allegedly. John Gotti Jr.? Yeah. So that this makes a little bit more sense with the theory of the mob, right? Mm-hmm. Because now, they moved in, potentially in someone else's contracting um, territory. Yeah. Like, this is... 
Yeah, this is starting to make more sense. Okay. After speaking with her some more, they find out that Michelle, his wife, sorry, Richard liked that his friends thought that he was tied to organized crime. So he liked... He played it up. Yeah, he he was a very flashy person. He wore a lot of gold. He bought a lot of fancy things. He would... This is the wife saying this? Everyone said this oh, about him okay. that he was yeah. he was just as they're doing their investigation they're finding out he never that Richard denied it then. was just like a flashy person yeah he never denied when they having said, ties oh, a mobster. Yeah. yeah he was he liked that they had a job in New York because yeah they that I oh, mean that was he, isn't New York he, like the height of yeah the mob he pro- and, I, I bet I bet he started hobnobbing with the old neighborhood and then somebody realized he he owed him something or something yeah. Before and which is funny because like they say that he was flashy, but before he met Michelle, he apparently wasn't like super materialistic. And then when he met her, he spent a lot of money on her. Mm-hmm. Like he would buy her. He bought her a Cadillac within the first six weeks of like knowing her. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, he sense. spent a lot of money um, on her. Now. After they've gotten this information, you know, they're they're looking into their the 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 past lives and they do take a like a brief look into, you know, John Gotti and his accomplices and stuff. But John I mean, he was already in prison at this point, right? So Detective Gary Deniman, he gets a call from an insurance company saying that there was half a million dollar policy that had been taken out a month before Richard's death, which I thought was pretty nice because you don't really hear a lot of in these stories, a lot of insurance companies reaching out to detectives being like, eh, this seems fishy because like a month before he died. Well, now you know where I'm going. <laughs> where? A wife. Well, did I didn't tell you who was the beneficiary of the policy yet. Oh, well, I mean, that would make sense. It's the sense. wife. <laughs> yeah. And and she's trying to divert attention. Hey, I think his family has ties to the mob. He was flashy. And guess who has ties to the mob? <laughs> the spouse, the wife, probably. Or, oh, you think she has yeah. ties to the mob? And they, yeah. And she, yeah. Okay. All right. We got a couple things going on here. <laughs> so, yeah. They call him and say there was a half a million dollar policy that had been taken out a month before Richard's death. Although, if they think it was fishy, I mean, they paid her. They gave her the money. So, I'm like, yeah, they usually but they do, still yeah. called. I, I liked yeah. that because you don't ever hear of companies doing that. So from there, uh, Detective Deniman calls Kathleen, Richard's mom, mm-hmm. to get some more information. And it is Richard's mom who tells them a story of right before Richard and Michelle got married. The two of them went to her, to Kathleen, and asked for her to sign over. So I guess Kathleen and her husband had a life insurance policy on Richard. And it was in their name and they he they were the beneficiary. And so he wanted to it's honestly it sounds like like in the military when you first join, you have to have your parents, you know, mm-hmm. that they're the beneficiary. And you just when do you ever think of changing it over? Life happens, you know what I mean? So that's what oh, it sounded so, like. So it so sounded like for the policy some reason was his parents had, yeah, oh, it okay, was their well, beneficiary, like, yeah. yeah. But they he had to get their permission to like sign it back over to him and her. Wow, he just changed his beneficiary. I so that's what I'm saying. So oh, I guess maybe and daddy they took have it, it out. For him? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that it was they had it because they, okay. they had to get their permission. All right. So they ask her for it, and she's like, you know, obviously that's a strange request, but she tells them like 
I'm pretty sure you guys have to be married for that to be the case. Like, I, I don't think you can just. No, beneficiary can be anybody. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. So I was like, I was thinking maybe she was just telling him that. Not thinking that a month, that month he would then go get married to her because that's what happened. Within the month, they got married after she said that. So Mm -hmm. I think maybe she was like, maybe because she wasn't a fan of Michelle. Her and her husband were not a fan of Michelle. So I'm like, maybe she was telling him that. The the mother. The mom, yeah. yeah. They weren't fans of her. So maybe they were just telling them that they had to be married to sign it over or whatever. But that's what happened. And then within that month, him and... Michelle went and got married in Mexico. Yeah, so who's paying that insurance policy? His mom? I, yeah, I have no idea. They didn't say. So they're going to like, oh, we'll take it over? You I know? guess, but yeah. that's weird because you'd be like, yeah. no, I'm paying. This is my insurance policy if anything happens to you. Yeah. Oh, don't you don't need it anymore? Good. I'm, I'm stopping it. Ah, that's I, weird. Do you, have that's, to, do you have to be married, though? Because... No. I've, okay, maybe not. I guess it's better to be married, though, because, mm. um, you know... When Brian started at his CTSI, the life insurance policy was not my name. It, we didn't change it until we got married. Yeah, that doesn't. And it was no. He could have whoever he wanted. No. I mean, it may, it makes sense to wait yeah. until you're married to someone, but no, you're right. You, you but, know, because what if you don't get married? Yeah. Well, you can <laughs> change you it forget. back, though. That's true, but like again, do you really remember to do those mm, things? No, you don't. And then yeah. what? What if something happens? You have an accident, and then your yeah. ex. <laughs> All right, so, it, so so they, did they get it signed over? Yeah, so they get married within the month. They have a big lavish wedding in Mexico. His family does not attend that wedding. They did not. They were not on board. So mom. Yeah, mom and dad did not go okay. to the wedding. Did she give them the policy? So then, yes, then yeah, she okay. signs, yes. So it's signed over. So now there is two life well, insurances. Well, it is Mexico, you know. Could have everybody just hopped on a plane and go to Mexico? You they know? didn't want to go to the wedding. They oh. didn't like her. Yeah, they okay. weren't a fan of her. But she says, like, when she was speaking in her interview, she says, you know, he was still my son, and that's who he's choosing to be with. So I was still, you know, obviously respectful, civil, and supportive of whatever he wanted, but we didn't go to the wedding. Okay. So, I mean, yeah. She also, at this point, tells detectives, because now, at this point, it's been, like, a month, and... Kathleen, not Kathleen, uh, Michelle had been having an affair. And this is Kathleen finds this out and she tells detectives when they come to talk to her about the insurance policy that Michelle had been having an affair with Frank McDonough, who Michelle had known since high school. Now, they'd known each other since high school. Her and Richard had met in 1990 on a blind date. Mm -hmm. So only three years. They'd only known each other for three years. So now... Obviously, this like with the affair and the insurance money and everything is kind of changing from the mob. Yeah, to Michelle. the mob just disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. So police really think that Michelle and Frank had something to do with it, although they don't have any evidence against the two of them. Again, they still don't have the only thing they really had was uh, the bullet casing, the shell, the, the shell casings, but they don't have the weapon to like test it to. Mm-hmm. So they, they can't do anything. Now, all this time, during all this time, Kathleen is still going over to Michelle's house to babysit. I mean, Michelle and Frank had bought a big house with an in-ground pool in Bethel Park. They were buying luxury cars. They bought two luxury cars. She had tons of jewelry, fancy things. Every time Kathleen would go to the construction house. Construction pays pretty good, so. Well, there he's not doing it. Frank doesn't do construction. Frank does something else. Frank is... Oh, hold on. I got I got confused. We're Kathleen is Richard's mom. Michelle was his wife. Yeah. She was having an affair with Frank. 
Kathleen, uh, after the death, uh, after the Michelle death, had the baby. Kathleen is still going over because that's her grandson. And Kathleen is Did babysitting. Did you tell me she was pregnant? Yes, at the beginning. Raise your hand if you heard me say that. Oh, I said man, I'm in they trouble. had just gotten married and she was eight months pregnant. Okay, now I'm trapped. Sorry, I'm in oh trouble. Oh, I'm going to get checked for not listening. All right. So, but the grandmother. I, by the still, way, okay. thank you to everyone who the, texts or messages or yeah. comments us. I do really appreciate the love and support <laughs> that everyone gives me and the validation. Even that my after, friends. Uh, yeah. yeah. The validation that after 20, how old am I? I'm 27. After 27 years, people are corroborating yeah. the whole you don't okay. listen. So anyway, that makes sense. But okay, now as she's going over there now after all this, she's noticing, noticing all they, of these things. Uh, yeah. Well, they so got the life insurance. Right. I mean, that's not. Uh, but how this much was is it for? this is still a couple months after Richard's death. Uh, uh six hundred thousand. Yeah, altogether. that's a lot of money. Because okay. the small, so the insurance In the 90s, policy. Pretty good. Yeah, the insurance policy that uh, Richard's mom had on mm-hmm. him was a hundred thousand, and then the other one was five hundred, half a okay, million, yeah, so six hundred thousand altogether. They were able to buy this big, nice house, luxury cars, fancy jewelry, all the whole nine yards. And so Kathleen is like calling; she keeps calling the detectives, and she's like, "This is what I'm finding. This is what they're seeing. This is what they're doing." And they, so the detectives start to corroborate because I guess if you use that money, like. That's evidence is what it was sounding like. If you're using that money uh, no, if you, for luxury. If, no, like, if you legitimately got the money, right? right. So she was a beneficiary. Mm-hmm. So she legitimately, legally got the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think there's anything you can do about Circumstantially, it. Circumstantially, though, I guess, because of yeah, like no, them wanting it, the it, policy right before. It doesn't before. look good. It doesn't look good. Yeah. Yeah. So I get I don't know. Either way, the yeah, detectives at this point it doesn't look good. Would you go look into it further, of like course, to corroborate of course I would. it? Of course I would. But you're ready to convict her based on just using the money. <laughs> I mean, if that quickly after, uh, yeah, absolutely. Because isn't you don't that know money? Isn't grieve. the point of life insurance to be for like bills, funeral stuff like that? Isn't that what life insurance is for? Is for like if the that's person what you supporting planned, you? If that's what you planned it for, but. It could be just to um so in in your absence to make sure the person's taken care of too yeah. you know yeah I don't read into that but okay. but you're right I would definitely look closer it is, right yeah just fishy because it is so quickly like yeah. two luxury cars with your um the person you're having an affair with that's well is it an affair now or is no it... she had been having an affair oh, before yeah, yeah, right yeah, when yeah, they were married yeah, yeah. 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 okay. All right. Okay, so they start, the police are looking in to corroborate all of these things. They're looking deeper into the money that is being spent. Mm-hmm. They got the records from the dealership about the car, from the cars that they bought, the luxury cars, and the places that they were going on vacation to. And to them, it does seem like they're using all of this money. Like what they said essentially is that they would not have this lifestyle had Richard not died. So that's why I was saying like that's what it sounded like they were going off of that to use as evidence. Because yeah, they're building a story. Richard right? dying yeah. benefited the, them. Yeah, the right. Most. The motive. Motive. Yeah. They're, they're building, putting together motive and a story. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, I get that. Now, back in Pittsburgh, the FBI calls Detective Deniman because remember, he's the detective in New Jersey. They're from Pittsburgh, though. Right. A half cousin of Michelle's, he is a paid drug informant. So he comes forward and he says that he has informa- information about the murders of Richard and Clayton. Now, he was selling drugs to Frank and Michelle actively. 
And he tells police that they were living together and spending the money from the life insurance policies from Richard. Now, this is all the information they really he really hands over right now, which, again, is just corroborating what Kathleen already said. And then I guess also adding drug charges too. can. I mean, sure. It's it's a way to put pressure on him. Yeah. You know what I mean, so a year later is 1994. The case has kind of gone cold at this point. They don't have any evidence. They believe that it, Mich- Michelle and Frank are responsible for Richard's death, but they don't have any evidence, so they can't really do anything. So it's kind of a cold case. And then January 11th of 1995, that half-cousin, his name is Anthony Corelli, he, which, by the way, just sounds like all of these names sound like mob-ish names to me. They're Italian. Yeah, I, <laughs> so I guess that would make sense. Huh? Okay. Michelle's half-cousin tells Detective Deniman that he has a gun that belonged to Frank. Now, police believe that this is the murder weapon. Before the police can get to him... The dead guy. So how- Frank is the Michelle's oh, person. Richard yeah. is her husband yeah, that yeah. was murdered. And how does, the, how does this druggie have that gun? I wonder. Okay. They've messed up and gave it to him. Okay. He got a hold of it somehow. Yeah, all right. Murderers are often he, idiots. Boy, they pissed him off. The, the dealer, they pissed him off somehow. He's starting to rat him out. Okay, so he's got a gun. He goes, I got a gun that belongs to Frank. Yes. Now, before the police are able to get to it, you know, Anthony is on, um, he's using drugs also. He's desperate for money. Yeah, he's, 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 his credibility as a witness is challenging mm-hmm. right now. So He sold the gun to a known member of the Crips gang. <laughs> Wait a minute. So he told the police, hey, I got a gun, mm-hmm. but I can't wait. I'm going to sell it. He couldn't wait for them to get to him. I don't think they even he even told them. He just was like, here's the information. I have a gun. And then like, let me get back to you or whatever. And okay. then he goes off and sells it immediately. So before, a yeah. member of the Crips gang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now obviously police are like they had the same reaction that you just had. <laughs> oh, that gun's going to show up in another homicide. Yep, sure does. March 1995, rival gangs get into a fight at a house party. Two are killed. Back at the police station now. Two years later, okay. No. Well, two years from the murders, yes. Yes, yes. Just months from when Anthony Corelli comes forward Mm. about the gun. So they're at the police station when they're all, like, all the cops are back there chit-chatting about the day and what just happened and the the mm-hmm. incident and another detective overhears the conversation about the two rival gangs which i'm assuming if it was a crips member then you know it's probably bloods right so the that detective is like whoa 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 that's the person who this gun was sold to from this other case how, how do they how's he know they knew his name they knew the member's name oh so they yeah. so he said he told them who he sold it to yes Oh, I thought they were going to have to backtrack and go the other way. Wait no, the they, bullet. they knew who they sold it okay. to, but it's like a known member of well, the Why Crips, didn't they so. go after him then? That's a pretty big gang. Yeah. Is it right. so easy for law enforcement to just walk into that gang? Yeah, uh, you're right. Okay, maybe they, they tried. Okay, so they said, hold on. That's I would imagine the, not. He, he purchased the gun from this other guy. In my case, he's saying, we got to, mm. let's look into this. Okay. Yeah, so he's like, hold on, that's the person, that's the person that has the gun. So they have, de- it's Detective Lee Torben. He asked the Pittsburgh police to go back to the scene because that, so that happened in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. 
So the he asked the police to go back to the scene of that that crime, the incident, yeah, to see if there had been any spent uh, projectiles from the gun, any you know what mm-hmm. are they the casings, and they do end up finding one in the door jam, and they send that to the forensics lab. Yeah, they determine it was the same type of gun used to kill Richard and Clayton. Okay, which is a Mac yeah. Ten. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, only criminals have Mac 10s. Yeah, I saw a picture of it and I was like, I've never, yeah. that's a weird looking gun. Now, the lab tech is able to say that the bullets and cases from those murders or from the murders in New Jersey of Richard and Clayton match the gang shooting in Pittsburgh. So the bullets do match. So the bullets, so they, yes. so they came from the same gun. So they actually had a bullet, not mm-hmm. just a casing then. From, right. Okay. So now police can link Frank and Michelle. Yeah, now they have probable cause to get warrants and all kinds of other stuff. Yep. Yep. All right, good. So uh, they're charged with murder. They are not talking. They're not cooperative. They lawyer up immediately. The SWAT team actually, so when they went to arrest them, the SWAT team called the house and was like, hey, we're surrounding the house. We're surrounding the house, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know they could do that. I just, I've always imagined them like, I don't know. I mean, it depends. Like, I guess that's risking them not answering the phone. Right. That's all. The thing is, what you have to, what you're looking at is, okay, what are we doing? We're going to apprehend, we're going to execute. There's also a baby in the house. An arrest warrant, a search warrant, right. Maybe they knew the baby's in the house. May They knew that they already killed somebody and and they're ruthless. Yeah. They did it for $500,000, $600,000 and they're spending money. They know that they have killers on their hands. So they said, let's just surround the house. Yeah, why don't we? I mean, this is where it's at these days. It's in a nice neighborhood. What's, what, what options do we have so we don't have to get police officers put in harm's way? That's true, yeah. And they probably just said, let's call them and say, look, gig's up. Yep. We got the house surrounded. That's what they did. I mean, they came out of the house, no yeah. problem. Yeah. They just weren't talking. They weren't. That's good. They, that was good police work, actually. Yeah. Now, the Pittsburgh courts want to extradite them from New Jersey. They Michelle does not want that. They don't want that. Once it happens, once she's back in Pittsburgh, she decides that she wants to start talking because she realizes she's going to face 30 years at least or the death penalty. You look mm-hmm. like you were going to ask me a question. Yeah, so this is in New Jersey. They got arrested. That's where the crime happened. So why do they want them back in um, Pittsburgh? I don't know. Oh, okay. They're, they were residents of Pittsburgh? I was confused yeah, about that yeah, part, too. Well, there was, there's uh, three was, different places was here, the so gang, it's confusing. Was the gang shooting? The was gang that shooting in? happened in Pittsburgh. All right. So may, is that why? Because the gun uh, was yeah, there? Yeah, that's an interesting point. I don't know. That kind of breezed through that, I guess. And I, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Why? Okay. Yeah, because I thought they were living, I mean, I thought they were story, living in but, Pittsburgh. Okay. But the murders happened in New Jersey. All right, but they ended up going back to Pittsburgh, yeah. getting extradited. And now she's singing? So she was facing, yeah, at least 30 years. But they were also threatening the death penalty. Yeah. So she started talking. She made a deal. Uh, she said that a week after Richard and Clayton's murder, Frank told her that he did it. She's saying that essentially she did not know about the murders or the plan or any of that until afterwards. She didn't know who did it. She uh, had nothing involved. Why did he involved. do it, did you say? She said that he thought, so he thought that Richard knew about the affair and that Richard was going to come after him and kill him first and hurt him. So he was fearful. That's Okay, but that then why sense. kill Clayton? Well, because he's a witness. You got to kill them both. He didn't, he probably I didn't mean, know he was in the room with him. Well, so what they're saying they think happened is that 
Clayton was there first. Richard wasn't in the in the room and that um, Frank came in, shot Clayton and then waited for Richard to come in. Wanted to save some bullets. It certainly makes sense. Well, he got gunned down five, six times, mm-hmm. you know. OK. They said that her testimony was crucial along with the ballistics evidence. Mm-hmm. OK. Jury is out for two days. Frank is found guilty. He's sentenced to two consecutive life terms without parole. Michelle is sentenced to seven years in prison that as, was an, as an accessory. So he didn't he didn't say bullshit. She was part of this or anything like that. I guess not. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Kathleen and her husband, so Richard's parents, got full custody of uh, their grandson. So that's what happens when you don't report a crime, no matter how how much of a loved one they are if her story is true got, she, i kind of think she was she got involved. Well, but just assume that she they he told and she says okay yeah she got seven years from hiding that for hiding that well she lost her kid yeah lost they her kid bought her they said at the end when it said when kathleen was doing her interview and she was talking about getting custody she said it was a long fight it was a long custody battle so obviously michelle was fighting back against them but yeah, they. Uh, no judge is gonna. She yeah. lost. Yeah, she lost. Not she got seven years, but then she lost her son. Mm-hmm. Because you also know, like obviously, that son is not going to grow up to want anything to do with his mom mm-hmm. in the first place. Anyway, her being out of prison or not, he's not going to want anything to do with her. Yeah, you'd be surprised. We'll watch this documentary in fifteen years. I don't know. <laughs> you know with, I know. Uh, okay, so wow. Yeah. So you were you were very you were on track there with every everything I was saying. You, yeah. You got there right before I did. Yeah. It's you know I got it was hard for a second. Um. I I didn't see you know obviously once you said oh they found out they found out she was having an affair. Oh ding. You know what I mean? Like yeah. once you start digging into the background and interviewing people, then you start piecing it together, and it just just leads you there. It's you know wild I mean? though that he apparently knew John Gotti's son. So maybe that's why she threw the mob piece in there because she was like, well, people know that he likes, he wants this lifestyle. He knows him. Yeah, I feel like. If he did, allegedly. I feel like that's a that's just a story she came up with now. Yeah. Because now. But she knew he, it wouldn't be so he far He probably was flashy and all yeah. this and, and someone made a comment and people joked with him. That might be true. And then she says, well, that's a good, that's a good story. I'm going to run with that. Yeah. You know, well, he was like, how do you throw that out there about your husband? Well, you know, I think he knew John Gotti. He was, you know what I mean? I, I didn't like that from the well, beginning. Well, he's the one that said that he knew him. Yeah. She, yeah. She was just I, going off. The I mob. didn't like that from the beginning that she threw that out there right away. But I was like, okay, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, Cause I didn't honestly, like what mob wife would, is going to do that? You know, if you, if your spouse or your family is truly in the mob or the mob, you know, you're not going to go. Yeah. I think she's not she was just trying to do. divert. She took it and ran with it and, and yeah. tried to divert, which, and the police were already thinking that based on the crime scene. Yeah. You know? That they, so. yeah, that was, it, they definitely targeted. Mm-hmm. They thought a professional killer is what they were thinking. Yeah. All right. Well, this is, I mean, this is different for us because usually it's a, like a woman victim, you know? Yeah. I didn't realize that until I was, you know. I, yeah, usually. I didn't. I think 100% of the time it's been, yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. That's all for this week. Thank you guys for listening again this week. Do not forget to reach out to dad and let him know that he was not listening to me <laughs> and I did, in fact, say eight months pregnant. <laughs> Always appreciated. <laughs> As always, you can follow us on True Crime Archive on Instagram at True Crime Archives Podcast. We're on Twitter at TC Archives Pod. 
and we'll talk to you next week. Later. Bye.